Welcome to the Michael Yu Podcast. I have a special guest today, Jenny Woon and Miranda Malinkovich from the West One Real Estate Team here at Oakwind Realty, one of our top teams. And Jenny has been a successful medallion level realtor for many, many years. And Miranda has a specialty in marketing and sales, and she's their chief marketing officer at their uh, team. So welcome, Jenny. Welcome, Miranda. Thanks for having us on your show, Michael. Hello. Come in tight. <laughs> We're doing the family style okay. here. So. Hello. You know, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for being part of the podcast today. We're really honored to be with you. And so, Jenny, why don't you share the story of how you started in real estate and why you got into real estate? Well, I've taken, uh, my school was actually backing with sales and marketing, really excelled in advertising and excelled in leadership and and public speaking. But I never really saw myself in in real estate. Um, my, My uncle is a realtor in Toronto but I'd never really followed him and, and exactly what he did on a day-to-day basis. But my aunt actually forwarded my resume to her property management company, mm-hmm. and there was no positions at that time. So in the same building was a really large developer who's pretty prominent in Vancouver and, and actually got an interview with, with that developer. Initially turned it down because it really didn't fit my schedule mm-hmm. but they promised me that it is going to be the my worst my like the worst decision I would have ever made oh, if wow. I didn't take that job so I actually quit my full-time job at that time and I decided to take on this um, this sales coordinator role mm-hmm. and from there that's 15 years later I'm here Wow so you started working for a developer so you didn't start into uh, as a real estate agent independently you started as a developer can you share a little bit about that road and how you got started? My role there was a sales coordinator and working administratively. Um, once the sales was done, I would input contracts. I would take care of the gardening to putting up flags to picking up garbage. So okay. I really, really like start off. Start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. <laughs> um, but I saw what the sales managers were doing. They were closing deals. I was thriving off the energy that the, that was at the office. So I actually worked extremely hard uh, to be on the sales floor during the open hours. And then before and after, I started really early in the day and then worked really long evenings to be able to do the admin work after Mm. and before. And so I think um, the director of sales uh, that was at head office really saw that I was motivated and very hardworking and and I got promoted really quickly, got my license within the first year and I was sales manager within the second year. That's amazing. Yeah, so I actually had really good mentors and role models to work with on the sales floor. They, you know, it was back in uh, 15 years ago, really. Um, And I just really saw that what they were doing was extremely exciting and I really wanted to follow in their footsteps. So the traditional um, presentation center hours are between 12 and 6. So on your when you first got started, you must have started at what time and finished at what time? I probably got to the office around maybe like 8 or 9 a.m., wow. made sure that the displays were tidy, that the gardening was done, that um, all the administrative work was input into into the CRM system mm-hmm. and then even after work I would make sure you know while the contracts were sent out to the developer to get signed um, you know anything that anything that need to be done it was done like right away but during the 12 to to 6 I was really there to help make sure that we close deals and just made sure my 
I made the job easier for the sales manager so that they wanted to have me around. Oh, nice. So <laughs> where do you think that work ethic came from? I saw my dad as self-employed. Um, he worked very long hours, and I think it just really stemmed from my parents being very diligent in making sure that I went to school and finished my homework, and and I think just my just seeing my parents work hard as well mm-hmm. and raise it raise us four kids. Yeah, were you born in Vancouver or in, in, no Amer- in? American citizen actually? Oh, so you're I was born American. In the States, okay, uh, but a lot of my. I think my, my habits were developed through just seeing my family members work really hard and and my mom, my dad was self-employed so yeah. he was didn't have any other employees to work with but but I saw him work really long hours mm-hmm. and I would really like I would go to his to his workplace and help him out and <laughs> like clean shelves for him and and help him with the cash register mm-hmm. um, and I saw him like even just even after store hours he would be still working and and visiting um, grocery stores and warehouse stores to pick up inventory. Mm. So I enjoyed helping him as well. What, what did he do? He was a store owner, like a smoking okay. gift shop. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And he was, was he like there on his own all yep. the, yeah? Yeah, yeah, like five minute bathroom breaks. Yeah. Um, and every person, every customer that came through the door knew his his name and knew, you know, just, he was always a happy-go-lucky guy. Mm-hmm. He um, enjoyed every conversation he had with every customer. And so I felt like the interaction he had and the relationships he developed, even though he was just a store owner, um, he knew them every day. Like he knew what kind of gum they chewed. He oh, knew wow. what, like what um, package of lotto tickets that they would be buying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked his tenacity and his, like, his, his way, his kindness to people. Mm-hmm. Do you think you've brought and adopted some of those same things into your practice and to your business? My motto is had always, no matter what workplace I'm in, is always be nice to people on the way up because you'll see the same people on the way down. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, having that um, kind of that nucleus, that seed of hard work, um, really, even though you don't really know the path, I'm sure when you first got started, it was a little bit accidental, but it really, you know, it really changed and it really um, uh, flourished as at going working through a developer. So, what was the experience working from you know a sales coordinator to then moving to a sales position and then a sales manager? Can you kind of share that journey and like um, some of the struggles or some of the like great things about it? I think the great thing about it is like starting from the bottom. I was really able to understand. Um, and going into a sales manager role, really understanding the ups and downs, what a sales coordinator went through. So it, it's not an easy task because, you know, who wants to do the paperwork and, and you see everybody making great commission and and um, they're working shorter hours. So you you strive for, you know, something a little bit, um, not better, but just mm-hmm. a different type of energy level and and flow um so my journey through that is is just appreciating the talent that goes behind it and the work habits and just your work ethic behind it so every role is important you don't work alone um having a team environment and and everybody has a strength so being really understanding in in terms of what everybody's going through and and what the importance of that role and how it contributes to the team i think uh has greatly helped me become the leader i am today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i think coming from a because 
realtors come from all different walks of life. Some come from other kind of professions and some come from working uh, for a developer. Some come right out of university like myself. So what would you say the advantages were for, you know, obviously um, working for a developer for all those years and then venturing in as an independent realtor? Like what were some of the things that you took away with you? And um... Uh, what I took away with me was really good habits cold calling. So as soon as a lead came through, being prompt on on making the call. So within five minutes, you got to you got to like answer their questions. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're moving on to another another resource or another agent. I was in the business in pre-sales and in project marketing for quite a long time before I went into resale, probably about seven or eight years. Wow, okay. And I worked with a couple of different developers. Um, but when I made the decision to actually go into resale full time, I was 100% mentally ready. So, and how I prepared for that was uh, really understanding um, the contract of purchase and sales, the technical writing aspect of it, and, and really understanding um, how to read contracts and being very diligent in, you know, the contracts in project marketing, we're, we're reading through 10 to 12 more pages than a typical resale contract. And as well, the disclosure statements are 50 to 60 pages. Uh, during the duration of the eight years, I actually took a construction uh, management program with BCIT. Wow. So I actually finished a certificate program where I learned how to understand how homes were built. And that's how I built my house myself. So mm-hmm. I was able to understand how to estimate jobs, how to how framing works, how materials are selected, what finishings are trendy, what color schemes are on point and what magazine, you know, what's featured in magazines nowadays. Um, but also just what is functional, what makes a home ergonomic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why one of my passion is like designing floor plans for developers is, is, um, is helping them what, how do people live in their home today? Right. So did that come from, did, did that kind of passion towards design come from any place or was it always just inherent as a kid? Were you more artistic or were you more like... I think um, I'm a minimalist, so mm-hmm. I think naturally <laughs> I, it's like just innate in me that I want functionality and, and ergonomics like in my life. So I feel like I, I didn't really like, you know, see it in my own home. My, my mom and dad, they collected a lot of things in the house that were really unnecessary as yeah. any Asian family would <laughs> and probably, you know, shopped at Costco and brought home, you know, on sale toilet paper probably like 10 rolls of it <laughs> and kept it in storage for like five years but yeah. but um but i <laughs> for me <laughs> for me it was just being very minimal and not collecting things but just having things in place and functions and also working with interior designers in-house with developers it really helped me understand how space worked mm-hmm. how lighting worked how colors worked um, so it really pushed me to excel into doing really well in the courses that I took at BCIT uh, which in turn helped me with building my own house mm-hmm. and also um, with con- uh, getting contracts with developers mm-hmm. so when you transitioned from uh, working for the developer to being an independent realtor, you spent a lot of time uh, knowing the contracts in and out, being really prepared from a uh, logistical standpoint. Now, was there any fears? Did you have any trepidation before you got started as an independent realtor? I had no fears. I was so ready. But one great thing was, and it could have been the timing, but a lot of developers were like, shocked that I left 
um, what a you know what a great position I was in because I was it was nonstop working for me for project marketing. Right. What prompted me to start West One was because the demand. I I actually had a lot of developers come up to me asking me to work. Uh, on their projects without having to be on their payroll. Mm-hmm. And so that actually created um, a good flow of income for me and a and good line of work because I was able to switch off um, onto off resale and focus on project marketing. And then vice versa, if I was working on a project, I didn't have to do too much work in resale. But there are, you know, great aspects ab- about both about both uh, flow of work. Mm-hmm. So um, that was probably the first three, four years in a resale that I was able to kind of balance and juggle both. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, t- it took, it was very demanding, but I felt like I didn't want to disappoint or I didn't want to turn on any business. So it was actually quite an easy transition from project marketing, in-house project marketing into into resale because immediately I was able to get some contract work out oh, of wow. it. Yeah. So just for those that aren't super familiar with resale and uh, for, uh, real estate and uh, residential real estate, so Jenny worked for a big developer and then she um, went out on her own and picked up some independent uh, development contracts where she was working for s- probably smaller developers or both, both um, large, medium, yeah. small. Mm-hmm. So she was subcontracted by those developers to do specialized work. And but at the same time, were you still doing like individual condo and home sales? I was well? doing yeah individual wow, contracts. Um, and it, I think it was it's great because working on all these projects for developers eventually they would have to resell their home. Mm-hmm. So the, my first clients and my first farming was actually to the projects that I sold oh, wow. because I helped close them. I, I saw them, you know, give them keys. So it was really um, a warm introduction already, if you can say that. And it was just for me to um, get the, my name out was just a, a mail out saying, hey, by the way, if you ever need to resell, I'm your expert in the, in the community yeah, already. So it was a very natural pro- uh, progression. So for people trying to get into um, into the real estate business, do you suggest that they go through like the project route first, work for a developer for a while, and then go out on their own, or do you think just jump in? You know what? I it it's really hard to to do both. I find that when you start in resale, you are you you're your own boss, um, and I think if you went the other way around afterwards, it's really hard to have a boss after, mm-hmm. um, and set hours. So you're actually there from you know, twelve to five or or even longer sometimes, and you're told what to do, um, and vice versa. I think if you were in project marketing, you're you don't have to be creative. You don't have to spend money to get leads. The, the leads essentially come to your door. Mm-hmm. So I think you know there are some scary parts to it if you enter into resale mm-hmm. that all of a sudden you're like you're on your own and you have really no one to talk to. You're, you don't usually work with construction team, you work with a development team, you work with a marketing team and everything's pretty much handed to you on a silver plate and you just have to wait at the presentation center to, for people to walk through the door. Right. Versus um, sometimes you're you know hearing crickets um, your phone's not ringing and you're wondering why. If When you go into resell, you really have to be motivated at the very beginning to to try to get clients. Yeah, and that proactivity versus reactivity, right? right. And I think 
it, it just depends on the individual for the most part as to where they would fit the best. But it, it, it's really great to see, you know, obvious all your successes. So can you tell us a little about um, the current state of uh, your, your resale practice, your, your business right now? You know, you're working as a leader of a team, so maybe you can share a little bit about that. Sure, we have, uh, it's an amazing team. We have four members right now, with fifth being Miranda, um, who's joining us today, and we... Um, Let's Miranda some questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and the, the great thing about the team is that we, our personalities just really jive together. We have great energy, um, I'm truly, truly blessed to have them on the team and grateful that, that we all get along. Um, we have the same sense of humor, I find, um, and they really represent West One the way I, I want it to be represented. And I, 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 I even though I'm the, the founder of the business and I started it with before them, I just feel like they've carried it and taken it off to another, to a whole different level. So can you explain how that works? So. Um I know how this works, but <laughs> I'm going to ask Denny to explain how this works. So West One Real Estate is a, um, uh, like, can you explain how that works within your, uh, within Oakland Realty and how that kind of that relationship works? Yeah, so our, we have a team and, and typically when with the team, there's one leader, but I didn't want to be identified as like one individual person with agents on the team. I wanted to name it West One because for many different reasons, for one, project marketing reasons. Mm -hmm. But for two, I feel like it's, again, a team aspect. It's a team dynamic, and we all pulled together to make magic happen. Um, and so I didn't really want it to call it Jenny Woon Team. Mm -hmm. um, so the West One Team really is its own entity, and it's it has an image. And how it fits into Oakland is... Um, Anytime you know we advertise, it just it just makes that brand even stronger because Oakland is such a great company to be with, and and we have certain principles and we have uh, certain uh, core values, and so we follow that along with our own uh, personal goals, um, and we work together to be able to to deliver great service and exceptional service mm -hmm. that um, our clients will always remember. Well, that's fantastic. Some real estate teams and most real estate teams have an egomaniac at the <laughs> at the helm, which they need to name everything for themselves, like my team <laughs> or, or other teams here. Like they'll name it the, uh, you know, Johnny Chan team or the Bobby Smith team. Uh, but Jenny has chosen to um, uh, formulate her team with uh, with a alternate brand, which is the West One uh, team, and they have such an amazing reputation on the field um, uh, out in Burnaby and and in in the uh, development project marketing world. So it's really exciting to see their growth. So let's say we were to rewind the clock 15 years ago, and you were to tell uh, talk to the Jenny that just started out building, and you would give her some advice. What would some of that advice be? I would probably say if I started a lot earlier is to learn how to balance your life. I, I worked really, really hard. I mean, I, I respect, respect everybody that I've worked with and, and um, grateful for everybody that has taught me everything. But I um, missed a lot of my 20s, like early 30s, 20s. And I feel like had I been exposed to maybe a little bit more culture, a little bit more uh, how ways things are different done differently in other countries or other cities and I was able to explore and travel a little bit more I feel like I could have brought that to the table um, 
But I would just say learn how to balance your life and have a team. So hire an assistant or hire someone who can partner up with you. And I wish that I did that a little bit earlier in my career. Um, but, you know, I've, I don't, I wouldn't rewind it. I think mm-hmm. I would have just done things a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, it's really common for a lot of, for a lot of different reasons, uh, common for a lot of really successful people to like, when they rewind the clock to tell them to take, to tell their younger self to take it easy a little bit <laughs> and not be so hard on themselves. Um, I feel like, yeah, that's like a, a common trait to, that, that a lot of really successful people um, uh, kind of say when they rewind and in hindsight. And I'd say the same thing too. <laughs> well, I mean, I th- I thought I was like bionic. You know, I could do everything. I want to do everything myself. I, you know, I, but if you give a little, you're going to get that much more. And, yeah. and I feel like you don't, um, nobody really teaches you that. You just have to, maybe do things on your own and then eventually learn that you know there are other priorities and for sure and you need you need the time to take uh to yourself to mentally prepare and and rejuvenate and recharge so hiring help and and doing assigning tasks and delegating uh the things that you're not very good at and what your weaknesses are that then you can excel at what you're really good at Mm -hmm. so creating like a great team around you that fills in a lot of the gaps i think is um and delegating effectively is is what a lot of you know team uh, is all about in, in many cases so you're talking about other priorities like what are some of your priorities now that you have this you know obviously you have your business which is takes a takes a big part of your life but what are some of the other things my main priority now is just making sure everybody on the team is successful and that they are getting access to the resources they need to be successful agents and that way um, to make their life easier. I learned the hard way. As I said, I didn't have any help. I learned everything on my own through uh, reading, through watch, watching seminar, uh, webinars, attending conferences, um, asking questions, You know, having a lot of coffee meetings with with um, the agents that have been in the business for a longer, a lot longer than me, but I want to be able to be their like resource, and and it's an open door policy with me. Everything mm-hmm. is always confidential, but if they're going through anything personal, but I just want to make it easy for them because that way they can focus on their strengths and and be successful and and propel at what they want to do, and even have you know a, a personal life too with their family or with their girlfriend or their partner. So where did that like where does that willingness to contribute where does that come from is there like a moment in time where you had this epiphany or is this something that you always have planned and dreamed to have um, to be able to contribute to like the lives of young people and <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just feel like it's just the most mindful and kind thing to do because I feel very fortunate and having done this the hard way nobody needs to go through it and and I want everybody to enjoy life and I and I feel like if there's possibilities out there that they may not be aware of so they may not be asking the right questions and I want to give them the answers you know without really having them for me it's it's just more um giving you know I want to be giving and and I think things will return for me down the road in whatever format or whatever way. I'm not looking for anything in return. I just want to make sure everybody's looked after. Mm -hmm. So you meet a young lady who wants to start her own uh, like uh, residential real estate business. It's her first, like she's thinking about getting into it. What, what piece of advice do you give her? 
My advice to her, her is just is just to try it and don't be like face your fear. So don't like for example, if you are afraid to like pick up the phone and like make calls, shadow someone and ask questions and and that way you're you get into the habit of like learning different methods or finding your way of of being your authentic self. So don't pretend to be somebody else. My advice is just. Be, be authentic and be genuine and define who you are and, and understand your value so that you're not being, you know, not genuine to someone because people will look through that very, very easily mm-hmm. and very quickly. And, and I think if you're not authentic and if you're not being genuine about what you're really um, after, which is helping people, um, then, then you're not going to do well in this business. Yeah, that that authenticity is a big, big thing. I think there's this old saying that I I hate, (laughs) which is like fake it till you make it. Like, have you heard of that analogy? So I've heard of fake it till you make it. I've heard people faking till they make it all the way to like the poorhouse (laughs) in many, many cases, because I remember uh, when I first started, I drove a van, like an old van <laughs> and I was a van guy <laughs> and um, realtors in my office were just like burning me left and right like you can't drive you guys houses in that van <laughs> I said I can't afford anything else than this van and um, basically you know putting yourself in a position where you know you take the ego out of it and really just um, being real forthright with uh, the things that you want I think is, is really huge and I think Jenny clearly did that in her first ventures into real estate although it was it's funny how life works. And do you have like, uh, do you believe in like destiny or fate, or do you uh, believe in like everything like logically happens? I mean, a lot of it. I don't think it's it's pre written for you. However, I feel like when you are putting a lot of effort in, and when you're trying your best, that everything will align. And especially when you, when you have a positive attitude, because. Um, when you have a positive attitude, and if even if things bad were to happen, you look at the silver lining of it, and you think of it as, well, that was meant to happen, and then you make something good out of it. Miranda's been super quiet here, so I'm gonna like punch in a question to Miranda. So Miranda uh, is obviously uh, has a marketing special specialty, and she's had a uh, a lot of different. Uh, experience in why don't you share a little bit about your experience in, in marketing and, and in your education sure yeah um right hey nose everyone. right to the thing okay. eat the mic <laughs> <laughs> um so my background actually started in graphic design so that's uh, that's still what i would consider my specialty over the last i'd say probably five years i've gotten more into marketing which i've really enjoyed um but yeah i started uh i went to school for graphic design in toronto my first jobs were at advertising agencies so that's always kind of been my passion. I'm just naturally a creative person. I really enjoy the arts, but I think I quickly saw that there's so much you can do even within that realm. So graphic design is just one you know, section of, of something that you can do. And quickly, once I started working um, for different teams and different offices, typically the graphic designer, the person that's got the design kind of web background is lumped into a marketing team. Right. So even though I didn't have that experience, you obviously learn by proxy. And uh, my last position, I worked for a property management company and that kind of really you know, got me into how I can take what I do and then how it can be better applied to share with more people. Um, so just learning that, you know, it's not just about making things look 
<laughs> look um, look nice, but it's like, how can I take what I've created and then actually have it affect, you know, change? And how can I um, help businesses and create, um, yeah, different marketing strategies that are kind of above and beyond? Because I think naturally, as much as I am a creative person, I also like to be really social. And I think sometimes like designers will be the people with the programmers like hiding in the back. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I tend to be a bit more social. So I kind of naturally ended up doing a lot of things with marketing and then just kind of learned, learned through experience. So that's how I prefer to learn. So coming from outside industries and then and looking at a lot of different industries and then coming into the real estate industry in specific, mm -hmm. what do you think the holes are? What do you think like people could do differently in real estate marketing or they could, uh, you know, or th this could be improved upon? Um, I think honestly, like I noticed quite early on, even just from joining the team, that there are certain people that will really take those risks. But I think a lot of realtors or just the people that are advertising on their behalf think they're taking risks and they're really not. Um, I think Oakland's a perfect example of that. I think they're, you guys are willing to do more than most brokerages are willing to do. And I think even when people think that they're being groundbreaking and they're trying new things, that it's kind of the same thing that's already been done, but it's just repackaged with a new sticker on it. Right. Um, but I think, you know, taking a leap into social media and video and really using technology to now break into a market, which has just been so traditional and so kind of this, the expectations have kind of always been the same. And a lot of people aren't really willing to break out of that mold. So I think seeing that there's still so many people that are kind of afraid to do that um, is where we see a lot of opportunity. And I think we're as a young team, really embracing technology and really looking for ways to change the kind of perception of what real estate is about. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. And I think, you know, the, the fact that within a team, having somebody that like, just like having that depth of experience in, in, um, in graphic design and in, uh, marketing is a huge, huge bonus and plus for, for, for the West one team to like be able to represent developers and individual properties because there's someone with that kind of, uh, background is is in, in most teams is unheard of to have that kind of experience and education that goes behind. Totally. Even yeah. when I started working with Jenny, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised because I've I've been working in this industry for over 10 years and a lot of people were thinking like, you're only like, you're just working for one realtor because I came from a large company and they're like, how are you going to be able to use everything you've learned? And I'm like, well, you just need to find someone that's actually willing to let you use all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's been such a unique opportunity to take um, so many different skills and passions that I have and actually combine them in one place and then actually make it effective for not only our team, but for other people um, that we work alongside. And I think it's just been a really unique opportunity, but you need to find that right person that's going to allow you to, you know, to, to show your skills. So, right. So if West One was a brand that was not in real estate, what comparative brands do you follow? Do you trend? Do you, do you, do you look at? Um, a very good question. Well, yeah. Jenny, maybe you want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, well, you're, you're always you know showing what? us brands. So the um, the how it started is actually very interesting. I hired a professional company to help me create a brand name, but at the end of the day, I think I came up with it myself. <laughs> they just created <laughs> yeah. like the logo and the color schemes and asked me really good questions on how I how to come up with it. Uh, but West One is because West is, first of all, we're on the West Coast and, and I'm a water baby, so I'm always going to be living on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. But West, but the one, O-N-E, is because my last name is always mispronounced. 
Mm-hmm. People always say I Jenny thought, Wun. I thought it was that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's actually Jenny Woon. Woon yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I thought, you know what, why don't we call it West One? We're, we want to be the number one team always. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of playing with my last name. And, yeah. and that's how it came about. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So like, did, did you, so in building that brand and in, in looking at marketing and how, because I'm no marketing expert, but like, I love fashion and technology and other different industries that I, I look at their brands and, and try to apply them um, to Oakwin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and I really, I'm very, very careful about um, doing demographical studies of, of who our clientele is and try to like relate to the to the consumer. So like, for example, my, uh, my own personal re- resale brand is like very family oriented. It's mm. big block letters, big pictures. It's really simple languaging. But then um, our Oakland brand is uh, more sophisticated, uh, trying to be more of a lifestyle and, and more of an interrupter or disruptor. Um, in, in, in the industry, in a sense. So, like, where do you guys position yourself? It's funny you're asking this question because one of the questions um, when I was creating this brand was, who do you identify yourself as if you were to name a celebrity or name cool. an apparel or mm-hmm. name a furniture store? So, some of the, from what I recall, I remember saying Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember saying like Richard Gere. <laughs> I remember s- saying to myself like tag watch. I was I remember mm. saying, you know, if if I was a, an animal, I would be a eagle. Mm. I said Tesla. I think because the reason why I named these is because um, they are classy but very approachable. They don't ha- they're very humble and modest. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a certain they carry themselves a certain way and right. a certain sophistication to them. Um, and that's why I wanted to create, you know, the blue, the blue color, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, very like Strong. a soothing color. Yeah. Um, but yet um, it stands out because it's relatable to everybody. Uh, I didn't, I wanted it a font that was easy to read and uh, it, it wasn't too bold. So that's, that's, yeah, that's basically how it came about. Yeah. yeah I, marketing is such a, you know, it's so important, but it's um, a place that's really hard to track and, and to, to see the you know immediate results. It's not an instant gratification type Definitely. of. It's very delayed gratification uh, from uh, from a marketing perspective. So it's really interesting to see the, the focus that you guys take on that like long term approach of your team. So um, you know, outside of the marketing aspects and outside of the um, uh, you know contributing to the team what outside like what what like regenerates you outside of of work outside well we do a lot of group outings so we our last team event we had a we did a helicopter ride with um snowshoeing that was a really fun event because (laughs) the top of a mountain somewhere (laughs) yeah in the middle of nowhere um but we all have you know we all have our own little hobbies and we come together and we have fun with each other. But I'm really into sports and I feel like our, our team is quite sports and athletic yeah, oriented. Um, we love eating, so we love to try different restaurants and introduce our clients to different restaurants. But I think we are very lucky to be living in Vancouver because our, our weather, even though it rains a lot, we can still do a lot of things outdoors, so enjoy the nature. Um, and we were just mentioning on our way here how after my Europe trip that we just have a lot of, we have access to a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you can be up in the mountains skiing and snowboarding one day, but also 
the same day golfing and um, you know paddleboarding. So just being close to the mountains, being close to water, being having a great infrastructure, uh, being a very progressive city, having great amenities and community centers, and and even just you know I I live in Burnaby myself, and we work on a, a surplus every year. The the budget is always distributed quite evenly with um, having access and income from like developers in the in the city we just have just a very progressive city and I, I feel mm-hmm. like you know we're no wonder we're in the top 10 as the most livable city even though the affordability is is a little bit off skewed but just having access to healthcare and, and resources and and the culture we have different characteristics in each neighborhood I feel like just there's a lot of opportunities a lot of a lot of um, personalities in this in the city yeah for sure so for those of you that don't know because this is a podcast so you can't really see Jenny's like buff <laughs> and she's like super healthy she always looks like you know like she's just got like came from the beach and surfing or something like that always so like I'm always in the tan yeah what's your I'm like not. what's your workout regimen what's your like secret to health and like like never ask a lady their age but jenny like looks 21 years old like eternally so (laughs) for all the time that i've known her so um yeah share us your beauty tips it's (laughs) it's not a secret but it's pretty much 70 80 percent food and then 20 percent workout like really it's just um eating healthy, having a lot of greens and vegetables. Um, I mean, I do love sugar. I, I love like apple pies and, but in moderation, of course. But I feel like also, I don't stress a lot about things. Small little things um, I don't worry about. And that's just, I don't get wrinkles that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I really think, you know, I'm, I'm, I always think about positive things. I'm always doing yoga and meditating. Give yourself. You do yoga. Yeah, I do yoga. I practice yoga regularly. But meditating, you know, going to um, just silence and just an empty space where there's just quiet, having quiet time without any technology, without any distractions. Ten minutes at the start of the day, um, you know, ten minutes before you go to bed without turning on your phone. I think really helps because it just really puts your mind at ease and, and lets you relax a little bit. So I think the two biggest things is eating and also just not stressing about little things because you can't control them. It's going to happen. So what are your, some of your eating tips? Because you were on the road all the time and there's like fried chicken wherever you look. So, so <laughs> like, yeah. snacking would be like, yeah, snacking would be like 10 almonds okay. with an, an apple mm-hmm. in my car, sitting in my car all the time. Right. Um, and just like three meals a day. So be consistent. Like I, I intake a lot of calories, but it's just being consistent and, and really not taking in... Um, <laughs> we have some music in the background. Yeah, I, my next door neighbor, <laughs> who built this office, the walls yeah. are thin. <laughs> We're in the business of selling real estate, yeah. not building real estate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just it's just um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, just snacking and and I don't know, maybe just taking your clients to really good, tasteful restaurants mm-hmm. rather than fast food. I haven't had McDonald's for probably over. 18, 19 years. So wow, I had it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's fantastic. So, let's say um, a day in the life of Jenny Woon, okay, or not Jenny One, Jenny Woon. (laughs) Um, So it starts. What time and like, how does it go? Okay, I get made fun of this. I get 
I yeah. <laughs> I, know what I say. <laughs> yeah, I get like maybe four hour, four to five hours sleep. So I I guess sleep is probably not in. I know a lot of people probably need seven to eight hours sleep, but for me, even in high school, I always procrastinated when I studied. So typically, I would get up seven or eight in the morning, walk my dog, and then have a really good breakfast. So it includes like a smoothie or oatmeal. Then I start working, um, checking emails and scheduling my day. Always have a workout of some sort, whether it be golfing or to the gym or to yoga. Um, Incorporating a lunch, so it'll be a productive lunch. So it'll be like with somebody in the industry or with a client. Um, Working again, Um, I'm always checking my emails, so my replies are usually pretty quick. Um, And then in the evening, is usually with clients and also another uh, sports activity. So oh, wow, double up. Yeah, so I'm usually playing like volleyball two to three times a week or doing a yoga session two to three times a week. Um, but I'm very open in learning new sports as well. Uh, weekends, I've always adapt, uh, given that schedule to work at open houses and with clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So work pretty much all the time, couple exercises <laughs> yeah and I always answer a lot of emails and write a lot of emails in the middle of the night that's when I think very clearly oh, yeah? so you're more get, of a we, night person I'm a night owl like, yeah. yeah two three oh, in the wow. morning because I I just it's there's a lot of quiet time and and also when they wake up the first thing they see is my email so <laughs> yes. when they reply yeah. back at nine in the morning I can reply back at 10 in the morning and yeah. it's a very productive day yeah it, it is. it's actually super helpful yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's amazing. So um, is there anything that we don't know about Jenny that like it would be um, like something that's weird, something that's like oh, that someone would not expect? I I wouldn't say it's weird, but I love writing poems mm. <laughs> and I love sketching. I used to sketch and draw a lot. So when I went to Europe this past couple of weeks, I brought out my sketchbook and I just sat on a you know, stone and sketched buildings. Wow. Do you need a nude model? Know. Because <laughs> that, well, was my my pass- oh, model. Yeah, that was my past life. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, I did that in school. Oh, I don't, I don't were you a nude model? No, no, no. Sorry. I oh. sketched the model. Oh, so Miranda, <laughs> ske- yeah, Miranda sketched the models. Yeah, but, it was uh, part of art school. Yeah? yeah? That's hilarious. Well, you might have sketched me, actually. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. I, I just do that as a hobby. <laughs> I'm not professional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sketching, poetry. Poems? Oh, really? So, like, um, not has anything been published? No, no, but you know what? My long-term goal is is actually to write a, a publish a book. Oh, wow! I would love to publish a book. Fiction or nonfiction? I would say nonfiction. So anything. I think it's just about like life. About um, it could be about real estate. I think women working in this industry, um, income gap. I, those type of topics would really interest me. So. What were your what were some of the challenges you think you faced being a woman and an independent uh, entrepreneur, and um, like what some of those challenges that you faced? Uh, to be quite honest, it's it's um, to lay it out on the table, and I'm sure a lot of females have have experienced this um, in the industry and and really in any sector is is um, being a power woman and being a a boss a boss lady, you know, getting over the fact that we have s- skills. We're talented, and we can. We're even. We could be a mom, and we could be. A, we could be a mom at home, but also be very powerful and and get the work done at work. Um, 
But I've encountered, you know, some really uncomfortable situations, as you can say, uh, where perhaps the, the male management wasn't comfortable with me entering into a management role mm-hmm. or they've mentioned some sexual comments. So I think it's it's something that you just have to handle and really put your foot down and, and get them to understand that that's unacceptable. So how do you do, you do that like over the top? Like how do you do that? Uh, first off is is really just not giving off that sense of like sensuality and, mm. and really know that when you're there to work, you're there to work. You're not there to, to flirt. You're not there to pick up, you know, any relationships beyond that work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm still really friendly and, and talk, you know, topics outside of, of real estate, but it's strictly about business and, and there's nothing beyond that. If there are snark remarks, I mean, you just have to be upfront and say, hey, that was really inappropriate. You know, what if what if your daughter or sister or your mom mm, that's a good um, heard about that, right? Yeah. And, and really put it in their perspective that it's actually inappropriate in that environment. Um, and and it, it really stops from it. They, they've been respectful in that sense, but yeah, I've, I've heard many things where it, it wasn't, I wasn't able to let go and, and without me mentioning it, the relationship would have probably tarnished. But I think I gained a lot more respect by mentioning it and bringing mm-hmm. it up that it put me in an uncomfortable position. Yeah, I think, you know, in a day and age where, um, well, there's on the news, you hear some realtors getting attacked and getting, um, you know, I can't imagine the, um, you know, I think, what are some of the safety precautions you can kind of, you know, being an agent for or being in the real estate business for 15 years, what are some of the precautions you can tell to some of the uh, uh, young and women or any woman out there right now that's going to be entering into the real estate business or as an independent entrepreneur? Like, what are some of the things, like some of the tips you would give to them to, to make sure that it stays professional and not? Uh... Uh, I mean, if you're meeting a stranger for the very first time, meet them at meet them at a public place. So at a coffee shop or at an office where there's going to be other people around. So don't meet them at their home. Um, if you do meet them at their home and need to do a listing presentation, then have somebody come with you, you know, perhaps like a partner or somebody. But um, I would probably say, you know, I actually learned something quite helpful. Nothing related to this, but when you do a presentation at a display home, you're not supposed to be in the enter the room uh, first so you're actually supposed to let the person the the client or the prospect enter into the into the bedroom first so I kind of use that as a way well that's a great great idea you know it doesn't put me cornered alone so when I show them a home and it's maybe a guy alone and I'm alone as well they're entering the home first and I may not necessarily be um, presenting the home and and showcasing it the way I want to, but I, it puts me in positions where I can easily exit out of the house. But yeah, not entering to the home, um, just making sure that you're sharing the calendar with somebody else mm-hmm. in your office or your assistant or your partner um, or your husband if you're doing showings in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope that that, you know, eventually we'll have, you know, we won't have those types of those types of incidents happening. But especially as in the development world, there's it's a very male dominated mm-hmm. world. So how do you combat against that? Like, what do you think you're do you, do you take it as an advantage? Or do you like, or, or how do you see kind of the future of the project marketing and the development and uh, the real estate industry as a whole? 
You are correct. I mean, architects, construction teams, developers are all, it's all male-dominated industry. And that's why entering, you know, coming up with West One, I wanted it to be very gender neutral. Like, if I wasn't on the face of anything, of any social media, like, you you wouldn't know if it was male or or female-owned. Absolutely. Right? So, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter who's running it. It's just as long as you stand by... Um, what you believe in and you're delivering um, what the, the clients want. Um, so for me, I think it really stems from top down. It, it comes from management and executive level that they need to really outline at the beginning what the code of contact is in the business. Um, that this these behaviors are unacceptable. Everybody, ha- there's equality in the company. Um, there's no gender gaps in terms of income, in terms of favoritisms, or in terms of just really anything. It, it's just it's very gender neutral. Yeah. And I think that there is a little bit, there is a, a starting shift in, yeah, um, sure. in the industry where a lot of women are taking really like huge, huge uh, leadership roles and are starting their own businesses. And two of my partners are, are women as well, my sister Arlene and Morgan, who will be on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're... Um, yeah, so it's just it's just great to see all these amazing young women just in general that that are really taking um, it to the next step and the next level, which is really exciting to see. So, um, just before we wrap up, um, is there anything you wanted to add, Jenny, or anything that you wanted to share with our amazing listeners? I don't know, all two of them. <laughs> you no, know, on the same topic, actually. Like I just uh, finished working and just started a new part of my blueprint program with my life and business coach over the last six months and my mission statement for it is to empower women uh, and to create them to have self-reliant and parity in their workplace mm-hmm. so um, I strongly believe you know that we can do everything as much as a man can and 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 vice versa you know I think we're in this culture and this um in this era now that everybody can learn from each other and there's no there shouldn't be any hierarchy or shouldn't be any um any differences in us you know we're all in it together i agree no preconceived notions and just let the talent rise to the top whether it's uh female male gay you know lesbian it doesn't it doesn't matter i think it's just about uh, letting the talent and the work speak for itself and you know i think that that's an amazing mission statement you're going to accomplish that for sure you're going to be a big part of it and jenny it was such a pleasure miranda it was such a pleasure having you on the podcast today thank you, thank you guys so much for being a part of it now um i'm going to be adding a new little thing to the end which is uh please like subscribe and rate this podcast out of five hopefully you give it a five, five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah we look forward to seeing you guys next time thank you guys so much thank you michael thank you